Brought to you by PrayLatin.com, makers of prayer cards featuring complete English phonetic renderings of Latin pronunciations. Francis's never-ending synod on synodality is back in the news again. The Vatican announced that they have a first draft of the final document for the synod, which means we're only about halfway through the process that never seems to end. With this news has come the sudden surge in talk about the role of women in the church and the purpose of the synod itself. This chatter is coming from insiders and from people connected to those directly inside the process at the Vatican, suggesting rather strongly that they have some insider knowledge about what's in that final document. Now, personally, I suspect that document will be pretty heretical, like Amoris Laetitia, but will not go as far as the more strident modernists want the Vatican to go on the various issues the secular world wants the Church to change her teachings on, because Francis usually doesn't go quite as far as they'd like. Now, whether the voices you'll hear from today in this short video are happy about the contents of that Vatican document or not, I will let you decide. But the synodal process is continuing to move, and in a singular chorus, various well-connected figures in the Church are speaking in coordinated unison to remind us that the Church must change on the question of ordination. Let's dive into the story today. But first, let's check in with Francis the Great and Merciful, because he actually did something right for once. Credit where it's due. Headline from Cath.net. Pope refuses woman to bless her quote-unquote child. Now, weirdly, the issue of pets is a hot-button one for some trads, who I honestly think have too much time on their hands, with some saying that having pets at all is bad. Personally, I'm fine with having pets, but please keep them as pets and don't start treating them as one of your kids. Like this woman did, and honestly, I'm glad Francis refused her wildly disordered request. From Cath.net, quote, Pope Francis refused to bless a woman's dog and reprimanded its owner. Opening his speech at an event in Italy, the Pope said in Rome on Friday that at the general audience two weeks ago, a woman in her 50s opened a carrier bag containing a small dog and said, that is my child, please bless him. Then he was at the end of his patience and scolded the woman. Francis described, quote, So many children are suffering from hunger and you bring me a dog to bless, end quote. <laughs> you know, once in a while he says something unequivocally right, and he definitely did so here. Can we get more of that, please? Can we get less of the trads bad, actual Catholicism bad stuff, and more of the correcting of really weird errors in the world today like that one? Anyway, I will say this much. That wasn't very synodal of him. There's not a lot of mutual listening, dialoguing, and accompaniment towards some unspecified but kind of creepy new future where everyone feels welcome and invited going on in exchanges like that. But sometimes nonsense has to be called out for what it is. Nonsense. The problem is that his endless synodal process is pure nonsense. It has increasingly little to do with actual Catholicism, especially when you see stories like this one from the unequivocally pro-Francis Catholic media. Headline from America Magazine. Could you explain what the Synod on Synodality is to a 10-year-old? If not, we need to simplify some things. The article is by Jim McDermott, who is actually a Jesuit priest. Father Jim McDermott is one of those modern hip priests who insists on being seen dressed like a layman instead of being identifiable as a Catholic priest when they're in public. It's one of the great problems in the church today, which may sound silly, but really think about it for a moment. It's that priests, good or bad, are often afraid of being identifiable as a priest in public, and for some of the reasons, I actually understand why that might be, all things considered, but 
it's one of those things that actually has to change, even for the Jesuits who love to be at the vanguard of revolutionary movements in the church. But the main idea of the article here is interesting because I have a hard time explaining synodality to people because the Vatican has almost purposely not defined it, which has allowed the synodal process to be used to to promote every heretical idea under the sun. Whether that was on purpose or not, I will let you decide. But Father McDermott's point isn't really to find a simple way to define synodality. He provides one which is all about finding a better way to be a better, more welcoming, and inclusive church. But then he recounts how the process in various places has turned into a sort of heretical free-for-all, where people openly call for the church to change her teachings on a variety of issues, and how that's a good thing, apparently. Case in point from the Jesuit priest. Quote, And what they've seen in the last year and a half has only made them more concerned. The German synodal path, which has been subject of some strong critiques by Francis, suggested some provocative reforms regarding blessings for the uh, James Martin pairings. The Australian Plenary Council saw lay attendees temporarily shut down the proceedings over a decision by the bishops not to support proposals on the place of women in the church, including one to support the inclusion of female deacons if Pope Francis were to approve such a course of action. The results from the North American Continental Meetings showed strong calls to welcome women, the James Martin crowd, and young people. And now we have the announcement that women and other non-clerics are going to be able to participate at the coming synod. But from the point of view of the work of the synod, such frank discussions are major successes. People are honestly expressing their experiences and desires regarding life in the church. The fact that some of those expressions reflect struggles with Catholic moral teaching and don't line up with the way we've always done things is not a bad thing, okay? Or evidence of an anti-Catholic mentality. Are you sure about that? But rather a sign of people's willingness to really give themselves to this process and believe in the church, end quote. No, it's actually a sign that the church has gone off the rails in a serious way. It's a sign that a rupture has actually happened at some point with my money being the moment of rupture beginning at the council at some point in that process, but the process for rupture starting itself before that. Why are people confused about the synod and its purpose? Maybe they're not confused about it at all. Maybe they've picked up on what their bishops are saying about it and have logically concluded that this is the point when the church will finally get with the times and get in lockstep with the world and basically eliminate the various sins that actually matter that people find so off-putting, always having to do with the flesh, by the way, the sins of the flesh, which are the sins the world loves the most, and especially those having to do with activities usually conducted after dark and in private, and instead will replace them with things the world considers sins, like recycling and whatnot. Why do they get this idea? How does it happen? Well, for example, over in New Zealand, they have a new bishop, one Stephen Lowe of Auckland, who says the church is in a Galileo moment regarding the uh, James Martin crowd. By that, he means that, as the popular misconception on the whole Galileo mess says, the church got it wrong with Galileo and had to quietly change what it teaches about heliocentrism and the movement of the earth and stars. That's not actually what happened with Galileo, but that's another topic for another time. Bishop Lowe's point is that, like with Galileo, the church is going to have to admit it was wrong about a rather central issue of morality that impacts the lives of people in the real world and not in the theoretical world. 
But if the church admits what he wants, it will mean the church will have to say that scripture is full of errors and and thus have to admit that the church has no authority on morality at all or really on anything. But with bishops like this, we shouldn't be surprised that people are confused about what the synod is about. Or again, maybe they're not confused at all. Because it doesn't matter how many times the Vatican, including Francis, by the way, says some things are just off the table, like holy orders, the discussion at hand, people keep pushing for them. And hovering over all of this is the undeniable fact that Francis has in fact said that he is taking the synodal process as a sign that the Holy Spirit is working in the church. And if you say that and you believe it, then how can you deny people the opportunity to change the church's teachings on the most oldest and perhaps most divisive teaching of all? When it is a movement of the Holy Spirit, how can you deny the movement of the Holy Spirit? Headline from the National Catholic Register. As Synod on Synodality's Continental Stage concludes, women's ordination issue remains in play. While there was a worldwide agreement on the need for a greater role for women in church decision-making, calls for the ordination of female deacons and priests generated less consensus. You are never going to get a consensus on that because the church has infallibly declared forever that those issues are just simply off the table. Anyone who thinks that women don't have a huge role in parish life as it is hasn't been paying attention. Who dominates parish councils? Typically, it's the women of the parish. Most parishes are de facto run by the ladies of the parish. I'm not saying that's a good thing, or that parish councils are a good thing either, since they're pretty much a structure that came in after the council as a response to the collapse in priestly vocations. Once upon a time, parishes were run pretty much at every level by a team of priests who took care of most of that stuff themselves. Yes, I said team of priests. Can you imagine your local parish having a team of priests? But now that we're in the springtime of Vatican II and no longer have almost any vocations at all, there's no such things as teams of priests, really, unless you count two people as a team. We're left with no other choice now but to have laity manage parishes on the day-to-day level. And that's what we have here, really, is a demand for more of that. But really what the revolutionaries want is to offer the sacrament of holy orders to women. This idea is expressed by Sister Sarah Butler, a missionary servant of the Most Blessed Trinity and Professor Emerita of Dogmatic Theology at the University of St. Mary of the Lake in Mundelein, Illinois, to the National Catholic Register, who is demanding all of the things they already have in the church today. They dominate parish councils already. They're already really well represented, really often overrepresented at most of the formal conferences in the church, at least in America. So what's left? Ordination. Remember, everything Sister Sarah Butler is about to enumerate here already is in the hands of the ladies in the church. Quote, Women just want representation and a guaranteed, quote, place at the table where decisions are made, she said. <laughs> this does not require ordination, and in my opinion, does not require the right to uh, participate. Only the opportunity to contribute and collaborate, end quote. They already have that. The article goes on to describe the church's unchanging teaching on ordination because even the author isn't fooled by the way the request is made. Clearly, the nun wants ordination because like anyone who's paying attention to the politics of your typical Novus Ordo parish knows, women already run the place because priests are stretched so thin because of the lack of vocations. Case in point, priest at the parish near me just finally got reassigned after 10 years. And I say finally, and I'm not actually happy he's gone. He's actually a fixture in the community, but he's finally been reassigned after 10 years. 
to a parish across the state. And by new parish, I mean four or five new parishes because he's now in charge of essentially a cluster of parishes. How will each individual parish be run now? By the laity, with the priest basically supervising in the name of the bishop. And who will do the supervising at on the individual parish level? Church ladies, basically. It's a familiar sight at any parish. Having served on a parish council once upon a time in the distant past, I can attest that they run those too, meaning they run each and everything about life of each parish, answering only to the priest. In reality, though, what the revolutionaries in the church want is for them to either not answer to the priest at all, or to be the priests themselves, because that's all that's left. What do you think about this? Is the purpose of the synod clear enough for you to not be fooled by it? How about that nun? Is she just missing the point about the role of women in the church today, since women pretty much run everything in the parishes and chancery offices as it is? Or is she obfuscating too? All this chatter about their role in the church comes with the news that the Vatican now has a draft copy of a final synodal document, though they haven't released it yet. But people like Sister Sarah Butler are hopeful, which is why they're speaking up about this now. Will she be disappointed once we know what the document contains? Let me know in the comments, please. Like and subscribe if you haven't, it does help. Sharing this on social media helps a lot, too. So always pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.